When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Of course, the Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That's right, B-L-E-A-V. That is the name of the podcast network that this podcast is on. And that is why it reads on your favorite podcast platform, that it is believe in the comedy bureau field report um and that's your explanation it's not like a weird millennial version of like trying to get you to join a cult via a podcast but um they just uh, sell ads and so i get to be a part of that and uh you know i get to say i'm a part of a network and that's really cool and i'm thankful for that but on to our great illustrious guests this week uh esteemed TV and pop culture critic, comedian, um, person who has a badge of honor of getting kicked off of Twitter. I think that's like that you get to rep like pretty hard doing that now. I, I think so. It's like the coolest of the cool kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's this is like for rappers, like, yeah, I got shot nine times. Yeah, it's like, oh, how many times, but how many times you've been suspended though? How many times <laughs> yeah, been yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I got I, I, yeah. No, you're only suspended for 24 hours. I tried two weeks, buddy. How about permanently? Yo? Permanently. I'm not yeah. as bad as uh, Ira from Keep It. They like have Ira like IP bans. Like Ira can't even Ooh. make a new account. It's damn. That's that is like wow. Wow. Needs to get a VPN to do it. <laughs> <laughs> get your tweets out. Not worth it. Never worth right, it. Right. Right. And biggest news: she has a special coming out on HBO Max this month. Give it up for Ashley Ray, everybody. Thank you for, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Glad. Love, love everything you do. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank no. you. Um, it is, it is, I, it, it's very touching to hear that because, you know, normally I'm just a, a dude at his laptop and I, during the pandemic, I was even more so that. <laughs> yeah. It just like click clacking away, like virtual comedy, virtual comedy, people, please be safe. And, you know, please don't, don't talk about how dating is hard just because you want to do it in somebody's part. There's literally no reason to be at an open mic during a pandemic, zero reason. Yeah, that was the, you know, it was interesting. I actually got a, got to be like a bureau, uh, like a bureau field officer during this time where like people would give me tips about like, oh, I'm doing my in-person open mic. You want to like check it out? And I would go in my car, not leave it, and just see what like what the deal was. And Pull it's it like, up. Wow. Yeah. And people were like, um, they're not wiping down the mic. It's only half people masked. And like, no, this is bad. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. No. Yeah. I I mean, I went, I did see those like condom mic things are real. Mm-hmm. Those, like those I've I've been seeing those at shows where they like pop them over and I'm like, right. that's cool. Yeah. You should have been doing that before anyway. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's actually, my roommate works in sound and that's the first thing she recommended to me, but she didn't call it condom, uh, 
like my condom. She just yeah, like, well, I'm, not, I'm not a professional. So, yeah. you know, I just, I went with what was in my heart. Right. Um, right. No, she's just like, literally just take a condom and put it on a microphone. Yeah. I feel like that would probably work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so people do that. Um, I do remember like when people were trying to do outdoor shows the first time the people would forget to wipe down the mic or like they, the host would wipe down the mic as they took it to bring up the next comic and then not do it after they left. Yeah. They just like hand it to you and you're like, hello, you just like have this in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, people talked about bringing their own microphone to shows a lot. And then I never saw anybody do that. Yeah. I never did that. I never saw anyone do that. I, I feel like it's probably real. Yeah. Somewhere out there, there was like a guy who 100% brought his own mic and like definitely made a big deal about it. Right. Like, it was definitely like, you know, like opening the case and like wiping it down and like making sure everybody saw like, this is my mic. And like, also like being like, like to everyone, like, you know, got my mic, like, oh, right. at the end of the night, he was like, hey, made sure I got my mic, but yours right. is over there. Right. And it was like, everyone's like, we got it, dude. You brought a mic. Admittedly, I had dreamed of bringing my own mic to shows, but only because I wanted to do a mic drop, but just like be considerate. Like I was yeah. using my microphone. To, I wasn't, I wasn't ruining the house mic. It was just fine. That's really courteous. I mean, I, yeah. I love, I love dropping a mic. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just are fucking up your own mic, then you're like, eh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still doing Zoom shows like I have real shows lined up, but I still have some like online ones. Right. Uh, and I did one for my college like two weeks ago. And there were right. so many just like old alumni who were like doing the dishes. <laughs> like, you got to take the trash out, Ned. And I'm just like, OK, yeah, this okay. is I love it. It's actually my favorite kind of heckler now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, that that is the true sort of pain of Zoom shows. Like you can get used to the sort of framing and like Maria Bamford un, unknowingly had prepared herself for Zoom comedy by like doing comedy for individual fans at diners yeah. while seated. Well, let me just uh, buy you dinner and like, well, um, I'll just do my hour at you. Sound yeah, good? She's, she's always ahead of her time. Maria always Bamford. ahead of her time. Always ahead of her time. Yeah, but I, yeah, just like combating like people being willy nilly to do whatever the hell they want on the other side of that screen. Yeah, I, uh, I love it. I don't know. I, I had a show in Chicago, like a real live one. Right. Uh, and it was like my first sold out show, like indoor thing. Right. Uh, and there was like, not really like hecklers, but you know, just like a group of ladies who it was like their first time out drinking maybe. Ooh. And, you know, just like something where like you have to, like they're so loud that like someone has to address it. Right. And like a few comics in the night had like tried to be like quiet down, like, hey, ladies. And they just like they were like going on Instagram live. They were not they didn't give a shit. They were just like. Going. And so when I got up, I just was like, you know what? It's been so long. And I just, you know, I just like went in. I was like, oh, let's pile on. This is going to be so fun. Like, just, <laughs> you know, come on, you ladies. You got to shut up. Like, right. like, come on. Please join me as a dumb bitch and let's just let's just get quiet. Uh, and they loved it. That you know they loved it. I want them. They were laughing. Uh -huh. uh, but I was like, I missed this. I did miss this aspect of like live comedy. Right. Just like drunk people who are excited to be out. And people are so excited to be out. 
Oh, uh, yeah. But then they, they did tell me after the show that that woman I, I, I had uh, done that to, she was like some motivational speaker who like had started, who like started the event. Uh-huh. Uh, like, well, she could have motivated herself to be quiet then. Right. But, and she needs to have, a, you know, a wake up call of how, like using your power dynamic to be problematic. Uh-uh. No. No, no, not I what though. I run this event so I can be a nuisance. No, 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 no. no, you're, no. you're gonna respect the comedians. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen. But it was a great show. But I just it was a lot of fun. I'm happy to be uh to be back. I guess IRL again. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it's a good time. I guess in comedy, it feels like. Yeah, there it, it is with a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. It's a good it's Yeah, a good. it's also like I don't know. It's like I don't know where everything still feels like like a little disconnected and like we're ready to all kind of jump in. Uh, right. you know, like New York is opening next week or in two weeks, uh, I guess it is now, like the twenty first. Oh, that's for Broadway, right? Uh yeah, and uh, a lot of uh 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 comedy places are opening that day too. Right. Uh, and then yeah. LA is got it has the very arbitrary fifteenth. Yeah, the 15th. Uh, Which, so. like, clubs are, like, I know for a fact there are, like, venues and indie shows that are specifically targeting that date. It's like, okay, this is when we're when we're back. Yeah, I, a lot of places are, and a lot of places are, like, doing the, you know, as long as you're vaxxed, we're, we're only letting in vaxxed people and stuff like that. And right. it just still feels like a weird time. I don't know. It's, I... I'm still being, like, cautious and... Good, I think, it, because yeah. it's not it's not over. Yeah, it's not over. And to me, it's just kind of like, I don't know, I'm not ready to like fully wild out for like comedy yet. Like I love comedy, don't get me wrong. But like, yeah, it's gonna be a while before I feel comfortable maybe like going to a comedy fest or like doing anything like that. Right. It just makes me wonder like who, who is, who are the comedians that are gonna be the annoying twerps to just like let's lick audience members like they just want to really mean, I push like they're already doing it honestly like right like there's just parts of this country that have that like first of all really never closed and those oh no 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 i'm like doing comedy and like i don't know like, like yeah like how is bridget ever gonna survive I mean, those places have been going, like the places sure. in Indiana and the South, right. those spots have not slowed down. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're just going to be bumping up again. And I think it'll be interesting. It will be interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely one of the outdoor shows I caught last this past week. Um, most everybody was like respectful and like listening and like having a good time. But there was just this one old dude. And like, these are tables that you have to buy for two people. So like, if you don't have another person show, you just bought two tickets for yourself. This guy was sitting by himself, old dude, old white dude. And he just like wanted to be part of the show. Um, Like I already kind of clocked as something weird when he came up to Blair Saki after and was like, you're the Miley Cyrus of comedy. I mean... That I mean, Blair's very funny, and I bet she came in like a wrecking ball. Wrecking yeah, her. that that part true, but I don't think yeah, he keyed great. in on that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think he keyed in on that part. <laughs> um, but then like he just wanted, he kept like waving his arms and like just saying, you know, feeling like he's a um unofficial hype man for everybody. 
And Jamar Neighbors closed the show. And, you know, he currently is sporting a mohawk. Ah. And so that guy just kept saying, pity the fool, pity the fool. Like, just hoping to get Jamar's attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everyone uh, just kept telling him to shut up. And shut like, up. And that's the thing is that, like, you don't want to give him the attention, but you're like, oh, God, if I, like, uh, yeah. You, uh, you just don't want to. No. No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, let's uh, let's go through an official intro and get through. Yeah, we'll do like a, you know, kind of quick pod check in and then we'll run through this news. And I want to hear everything you've been going through doing like you get a, you got a special. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so many people lost out on it. Lewis Black was going to tape a special in the middle of this tour at the end of this tour. But he was in the middle of it when COVID lockdown. Uh, happened. Yeah. Well, this was like a cool thing that HBO did for Pride Month uh, for their human by orientation launch, which is like a basically like a gay HBO Max. They just got like a bunch of gay queer comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we shot it outside on this like secret rooftop with like a right. little audience, like, you know, people with masks all like mm-hmm. distanced and stuff. Uh, and it was, it was awesome. It was like, I, you'll like, it's outside. You got to see like all of LA and like do this on this rooftop. It was, it was one of the coolest things uh, that I've ever gotten to do in comedy so far. So I'm really excited for people to see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's just a lot of amazing queer comics i got to do this with uh whose whose specials will be coming out throughout the month on the same platform oh awesome. uh, max uh but under like yeah it's like the they also had like musicians as part of the series so i know there's like some cool music series you can watch right uh but it's just all very very gay very proud <laughs> so there that's awesome that's yeah. awesome especially after I mean, that idiot was in, that twerp was in office for so long and I felt like any sort of celebration of any kind felt tempered at best. Yeah, it, you know, it was always like, uh, you know, it, this sucks. And I mean, with, with, you know, the current situation, it's still very much a, a downer, but I think right. now, I don't know, like I, like I still feel the anger, but now I feel like I, I, like I, can, I can do more with it now. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's like also literally could not do like just had to we all had to stew in our anger in our like homes right. by ourselves last year. And now we like actually can be like, ah, I'm going to be out in these streets. I'm going to be, a, you know, at Pride. I want to be right, right. loud and angry and like queer about it. Yeah. Uh, instead of great. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> twigs just was, being yeah. doing that last summer when it was a problem. Yeah, you know, it's like we all had to like be as proud as we could be in our apartments and everything felt so isolated and then politically everything felt so like hopeless. Right. And now I think, yeah, like, yeah, obviously there's challenges and we're, we're things, you know, things are still not great, but no, at least there's something like hope at least there's something like connection again it feels like like i'm going to shows again and i'm around people and it's like just having that community aspect of like uh you know just like being back in in gay bars again uh when i was in back in the midwest in chicago uh last week i just like going to my favorite gay bars i was like this i miss this oh my god i miss this community and being able to do this and it just yeah oh yeah I mean, so yeah, it feels like there's just a teensy bit more agency. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, it's exciting to see a lot of the the comics 
who I don't know I think like during quarantine a lot of like queer comics who were used to kind of making our own path in comedy mm -hmm. like like quarantine was just another opportunity to kind of do that right it was just like another way to pivot and I think a lot of times when you're a queer comic you find a way to pivot yeah. uh in your career because you know maybe you're not so mainstream or you're not like what people traditionally think of as like what a queer female comic should look like right you know you're not you're not like somebody jeff singer would be into right so you're, you're not like, repped on the l word <laughs> yeah you know you're not like some white guy's traditional fantasy of like a lipstick lesbian so mm -hmm. you like find your own lane and you get used to pivoting and like you know finding your audience despite mm -hmm. that so i think with quarantine and like comedy going online and like moving to different places uh a lot of us just kind of like we're used to that we were like okay what do we do what do we do now let's like figure out a different thing to do and uh you know I got to just like write more and do my podcast and mm -hmm. uh just do more like weird online comedy stuff and like you know weird powerpoints about like Sean King hell um, yeah <laughs> yeah and like stuff like that that I feel like I don't know that I would have like necessarily uh, had the time to sit down and do right, uh, right, right or even wanted to do like if if I had if I you know hadn't been in quarantine and right. or if I'd been like you know regularly hitting shows and open mics but yeah it's I I feel like it, we've seen like a, a cool little crop of people come up and it's been really exciting mm. uh so yeah. you know fuck you Jeff Singer Fuck you, Jeff Singer. And we will get that to that in a second. Yeah, yes. I will say, so I've been going to shows for like a week and a half. And I've been having this weird, unsettled feeling like if if the majority of the show, like the people that go up, like dance around COVID, I kind of get angry where it's like, yeah. you're going to ignore this like, historic tragedy we all went through. You like know how few events in human history that like everybody went through at the same time. Yeah. And like, don't, don't pretend like that didn't happen. And then yeah, it, uh, it's been interesting. And I've seen like comics talk about it a few different ways because I don't know, it's like, uh, and I've, let's see, I've been, uh, I've been doing shows mostly in the Midwest. I, I was out in Missouri and like Chicago and, and like I've in, done a few shows what, around LA. what time, like February now, uh, over the last like two months, I started wow. doing shows again, like a month ago, basically. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. May 5th ish. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and it's like different audience reactions all over the country. I don't know. Like, I feel like in some places I, I like can bring up COVID and like really talk about it or just like the impact. Some people like want to do that and other right. places they're just like, come on, let's just, mm -hmm. I want to, you know, I'm not here to hear that tale or like, uh, right. you know, I don't know. I, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like uh, I obviously I watch a lot of TV and like Grey's Anatomy uh, is a show that I still watch. And this last <laughs> season they really struggled because it's like, it's a hospital show. So they have to be realistic and talk about COVID. Right. But it's also like, nobody watches Grey's Anatomy because it's realistic. Right. <laughs> so like it started to get really repetitive and kind of boring with a COVID storyline. And everyone was just like, and then, you know, obviously like the show doesn't line up with reality. So by the time like the vaccine is out and people are like doing things again, the show is still like, oh no, when will we ever have a vaccine? And it's like, well, now this is really tired. Right, and it's right, like, right. Can we just like, come on, like keep right. up. Right. And so right. I, I see the difficulty in being like, we have to talk about this and we should address this, but it's also right. like, 
you know, everyone is sort of on their own timeline with it in terms of what they want to hear or how they want to be sure. talking to you about it or how they want to address it. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of just how's your quarantine? Let's just right. get it all out. Right. I and would say, interestingly, I went to um, a house show that was all queer comedians and they, everybody like really went in on it. And it, I felt a lot better. It was like healing. Um, yeah. I, that's nice yeah one person like, like they did a whole thing where they like got in a gymnastics costume and did a floor routine then they're like so like quarantine was like really hard and so I was like olympics let's do it let's go let's like <laughs> figure out a floor routine and um sorry to say guys like it wasn't good enough but you guys got to see it and thank you <laughs> wow yeah, I love that. I just yeah. feel like everyone's been doing really creative stuff and I'm excited to see it all again. I, I am excited to like, uh, I'm going out to New York to do some shows right. uh, next week and I'm really excited to just see what people are doing and what weird shit people have been cooking up. Oh yeah, me too, me too. I mean, I only half joke about this sometimes, but like, I think there should be kind of like a solo show festival where we all just get it out of our system. Cause like everybody has at least one interesting story from this time. Yeah, I, there should be like, a, I don't know, like a, like a Edinburgh for COVID. Right. COVIDberg, uh, COVIDberg, COVID COVIDberg. Some kind yeah. of like United States COVIDberg. It could be, it could be anywhere. It could be just city by city. Oh, I'm like, sorry. It would be COVID, COVID borough. <laughs> yeah, COVID borough, Edinburgh. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, they did. They pronounce. I've never done a one woman show, so I don't know how to say that word. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm doomed to do one because I went through like a lot. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's in me. It's mm -hmm. just every day I'm getting closer to it. Right. It's like one day I'll wake up and I'll just be like, mm -hmm. there she is. There's the story. There's the show. Right. right. It feels um, like it has something to do with TV. Probably. Um, how about we get into some comedy news, Ashley? Let's do it. What, let's get into the comedy news. You're one of the first people to sound genuinely excited. <laughs> I mean, well, we have some good news to talk about. This oh, we have some real news. good, good and some juicy news. Uh, first off, let's go. This broke as of yesterday. The Just for Laughs Montreal Festival. Uh, their booker, Jeff Singer, um, who has booked the New Faces portion of the festival for several years, uh, resigned. Uh, following um, uh, an incident in which he repeated the N-word while giving notes to a Black comedian uh, as they are doing New Faces showcases, showcases uh, right now. And uh, allegations and claims of exclusionary uh, behavior and decisions of uh, queer comedians and women. Um, and all, I mean, that's all over these several t Twitter threads. Um, Jen Kirkman did, did, like had one big one. Um, and yeah, so he, he, uh, he bowed himself out. Like he didn't get fired. He was just like, all right, like, all right. I quit. He was uh, like, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. It's like, it is my time. Uh, and I think he knew it was his time. It was, yeah, finally, finally. Finally, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I met Jeff like once in 2018, like I said, doing Limestone. Uh, and you know, we're, like he was a guy in a fedora. So I, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, you knew what his deal was. And right. uh, the only, <laughs> I, I like used to perform a lot of comedy in like a, a jumper, like just a full body, like jumper. Mm -hmm. uh, and he like, like basically, I, you know, I'd look like a mechanic or whatever. Right. And he uh, said to me, like, at the after party, he was like, yeah, I see the gay thing. Because uh, I was on the, like, queer comedy showcase uh, right. at Limestone that year. Uh -huh. and, I was, and it's just like, I don't know, it's like that guy in a fedora. Like, of course, that's what you're going to get. Right. You're going to get, like, that kind of thing. Right. And I feel like in comedy for so long, we've just put up with that kind of guy where you're just like, yep, there's just these old dudes in comedy who, who like, that's just how they are. And, like... Right. that's the kind of thing they think is funny and it's like you just have to put up with them and now it's just like getting to the point where it's like wait we don't we don't even have to put up with this a little bit like we don't and we also don't have to pretend that it's like some point of view of value like we can all see how tired this perspective is absolutely you know, it's it's also not like the the perspective that like the only one that like fills a room anymore like it's right. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's it's so, it's so dated. It's so tired. It's so out of touch. I will say um, I had coffee with Jeff twice. And the first time he was like looking for an intern for new faces to help him. And he was like, this is kind of above your pay grade. But if you know of anybody. Um, and then four years later, I asked to have coffee with him again, because at the time um, he was briefly the booker of the Hollywood Laugh Factory. And I just like keeping tabs on what's going on in L.A. comedy, as that is my purview. Um, and when we sat down for coffee that second time, immediately he was like, so what do you want? I'm like, what? I'm just like ha having coffee, just seeing what you're up to. And he was like, expecting like me to ask of something of him. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, shortly thereafter that um, he he we got to a point in the conversation where he, he mentioned like, um, you know, it doesn't seem like your financial situation has really changed since the last time we talked. So, you know, maybe you should just not do the bureau anymore. Do something else. I mean, like, don't you want to start a family or something? And these are the words that stuck with me and haunt me to this day a little bit, but definitely fucked me up at the time where he's like, comedy is just a job, man. Like, like whatever you know it's not like a huge deal like i mean i'm doing this right now yeah. and i like it but like yeah i could do something else and it's like yeah, you decide yeah he's a booker you know, that's yeah for them it's it's a job and i think like uh there was a time when that role had to be that kind of role and now yeah. it doesn't really have to like you don't you don't have to really put up with that no but i i just think for he th that attitude did not appreciate the gravity of the other side of like you know people like really put a lot of hope into this thing that you just like are very blase about yeah and like i think that's almost disrespectful you know yeah and it's like it's more so that like in his like seeing it as a job he just like forces these very like boring steer like stereotypes mm -hmm. onto comedians and like what comedy can be yeah uh, it's like when you just see comedy as a job you just see it as like okay what's gonna sell a ticket what's gonna like fill a room uh you're not so interested in like okay what's gonna push a certain conversation or make something interesting or uh yeah. you know different uh or exciting mm -hmm. so i i just you know it's it's a it's a 
it's a good riddance. Right. I'm excited to see like what they do at JFL. I hope they like really bring in some new blood and energy and they don't just right. like, you mm -hmm. know, feed from within. And it's just like all people who like, you know, sympathize right. with this guy and like have the same right. kind of thought process. Right. Uh, but I, I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully, I think it'll be good. It, it was very heartening that without asking people tweeted that I should get the job. <laughs> See, boom, that's so nice. Yeah. And like somebody even wrote out, it was like a, a you know, not a super long tweet, but they were like, Jake actually goes to shows. He doesn't exclude anybody. And he wear he wears good hats. <laughs> that's the most important part of it. You have to wear good hats. Yeah. It, that... I found it interesting. It's like, so Je Jeff is often noted as like a guy in a fedora and I own several fedoras, but people never dare call me a guy in a fedora yeah. because it, I, I wear it correctly. I think. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like a guy in a fedora and a fedora guy. It's yeah. like, you know, there's a difference there. Yeah. Cause I, I, I remember meeting Jeff and he was wearing that stupid fucking fedora. And as a guy who wears hats, I was like, you don't even know what hat looks good on you. That's a guy who's wearing a fedora. Cause he's trying to hide something. Oh he's yeah. Trying to hide something with that fedora. Right. And, and it was very obvious that like, that was the first hat in the store. And so he just went with that one and that's what stuck. Exactly. Yeah. So good riddance to that. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, if JFL's listening, I'm more than happy to take the job, please. Please, yeah. I, yeah. but you know, I, and also I, I think I'm glad that he just like stepped down and it doesn't have to be this like long drawn out conversation right. of like, oh, what does he deserve? Blah, blah, blah. It's just like, let's just move on. Right. Like that death to that era of comedy. Let's like do something different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever happens, I do hope that like a person is brought in where they reconfigure new faces to where like, oh, this is actually exciting. People do get stuff from getting this as opposed to like so many people that would get it are just like, wait, didn't I see them on Conan last month? Aren't they like in a pilot? Like they don't need this, do they? Yeah, I don't, it's, I guess to me, it's never really made sense because like, I don't know, I guess because I knew when I started like six years ago, I, I just coming up with like people like Jeff Singer, I just kind of always knew that wasn't like a, mm -hmm. an option for me. Right. Like I was just like, you know, my, I'm a queer weirdo wearing right. a jumpsuit and this is a guy who doesn't like women who wears like skirts and boots. So like. <laughs> idea of like you know how jfl could be useful to me was something that i never really considered right so, so it, it's just never made sense to me in terms of like who gets it and why i'm right. always just like hey these are all like funny mm -hmm. talented people right some of them i'm like th that's someone i look up to i don't know how they're a new face when like they've been right like <laughs> you know someone that i look up but okay right you right. know but yeah you know, the opportunity looks different in everyone's career. So I'm always like, sure. But I, I think different people have to think about it differently in their career because for so long it was like so gatekeepy that mm. it was like for a lot of people, even if you already had a career, it was like, finally I broke through this like gate of like JFL and I've, I've been accepted by this like new audience, right. even though I like already had like my like, 
you know, all audience or like this thing that I was doing, now I've like proven myself in this new way. So I think a lot of times it just like meant that for comedians. Right, right. Uh, it just like opened new doors in that way. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just. I mean, like I've heard stories of people like they went to check out a show at the improv lab and then somebody dropped out and they got to do a like just drop in spot and then they got a rep from that and for a lot of people that is more than what a lot of new faces get out of going to Montreal yeah I mean yeah it's like it, it can all just happen so differently and weirdly now and I mean I yeah I I feel like you pay so much and maybe the expectations around Montreal are so big Right. that when things like that don't happen people are like what the fuck but it's like you know it's it's not gonna happen for everybody there no no yeah and it's not like that at all and i mean i wish it wasn't this way but i mean you can get more exposure off of being like like even just on the joe getting experience for like 30 minutes yeah um than like when being on new faces yeah, but I I don't want to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. I know, no, I no I offense, don't. Joe Rogan, if you're listening. I mean, right. if you want me on the pod, Joe, I mean, talk to my team, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't know. No, no. I mean, it it would be. I I know that you wouldn't back down, and it would be like you know uh, a back and forth conversation for sure. But, I think uh, it would actually be really fun because I actually I mean I've dated a lot of powerlifters, so first of all. Joe Rogan and I are going to have a lot more to talk about than everybody thinks. Uh, I'm going cool. to be like, Joe, you hitting your macros today? Let's <laughs> let's check in. Let's really check in, Joe. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be like, buddy, let's talk MMA. Let's get into, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mano y mano, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. going to I'm going to get his defenses down. He's going to be like, I wasn't expecting this from a, a gay black. Uh, and And that's the lingo he uses yeah i imagine yeah Uh, and then we get into the real conversation right i discard you know i discard him Mm -hmm. hell yeah yeah well i hope that happens in (laughs) 2021 like you have all this going in i know joe's out there listening and that's what's it's gonna happen Right, right, right. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. That would be amazing if like the guests got recruited from the guest of this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure his people are like, I like this idea. That sounds really like controversial. We're gonna get a lot of listeners from that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That, that that would be good. So you know, JRE, get it, get get at us, get at Ashley Ray. Boom. Yeah. All right, on to our next story. Um, This was one thing that got canceled uh, right as lockdown happened because it was scheduled in April of 2020. Um, The Netflix is a joke fest. Netflix huge comedy festival that was going to happen all throughout Los Angeles uh, is going to happen in April and May of 2022, specifically April 29th to May 8th. No lineup has been announced as of yet, but... You know, Netflix has deep pockets and they love emptying them out. So they, they'll they'll get they'll get people that um, a lot of folks will come out for. Yeah. And they the original lineup had some really good people. I remember uh, oh. like uh, Ali Wong. I think Ali Wong. Was, it. Yep. Um, yeah. I think they even had the, the super huge people like Chappelle. Yeah, like, like, uh, yeah Letterman was the big one. And yeah. uh 
uh, Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I was like, yeah, hell, it's been, oh, Jamie, that's a good one. Yep, yep. I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen Jamie Foxx do comedy, and I got really excited when I saw that. Yeah, you know what? There, there are people that have like they just transitioned into a, a thing that made them a lot of money, and they stuck with that for a long time. And you're like, whoa, can't blame them for that, right? Yeah, and there are a lot of so talented. It's like, what can't Jamie Foxx do, right? I wonder, as somebody who's like a huge, huge into TV, if you, if this is like a thing that's on your radar of like Richard. There's a whole generation of people that have no idea that Richard Richard Belzer like did stand up. Yeah. The kids yeah. don't know anything. The kids are always like, what? And it's like, yeah, no. Right. But hey, if I got if I got a role like that, a juicy part, I could ride for decades. Yeah. You know, call me. No, I wouldn't be in a cop show. So, but. Right. That's, that would actually be an interesting retrospective. I don't know. For you, maybe somebody else. Like, there's the the series of, of on A&E of this the evening at the Improv. There were like a lot of people who like dipped their toe into stand up very briefly that are yeah. now like nowhere near it. But it's like, wait, Ron Perlman, Michael Keaton, what? Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton, uh, he was in the, the comedy store doc uh, on yep. Showtime. Yep. Um, you know, I, a lot of people try it. Uh, I think that's like what makes Hack so good is that she was like this actress who like, goes from a tv show to like having to prove herself in comedy and she like kind of talks about that right because uh, i do think it's you know those people have to like kind of prove themselves i think but since i moved to la i see a lot of those people who are like oh i got a role in like a sitcom six years ago and then decided to try stand up and people are like okay <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so you know netflix do a documentary about on that and then right. screen it at this festival next right, year right right <laughs> Yeah, just just showing a bunch of clips of Michael Rappaport yelling because that's all he does on stage. <laughs> I haven't seen Jeremy Piven do stand up, but I joke that it's like, what, what, does he like do stories about entourage and then push ups in between? Uh, that apparently I have not seen him, but he did do a show in Chicago that some of my friends went to and said essentially it's just like him rambling about his time on entourage. And then like talking about sleep, like sex and women and just like how wives suck. Great, great. That That's another element of the younger generation of comedy that I am excited about is like the, the younger comedians that are married, they're like, I really love my partner so much. Yeah, there's like this like real like uh, marriage core theme of comedy right now where people are like, I love being married and my spouse and being nice to them. Yeah. I love seeing it. I mean, I'm not married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout but out to Josh Gondelman, love- by the way. I feel like he's leading the charge. Yeah. But I love seeing that. I don't know. I feel like it's different. It's like this weird new perspective where I'm like, oh, if you're a comedian, you don't have to be like a miserable person who like makes your partner hate themselves. Right. Yeah. We're slow. I not slowly anymore, but we're ditching one by one elements of like this 80s faux rock star idea of being a comedian where we got to like trash like the hotel room and our lives and everything connected to what we do. Yeah, exactly. And now there's like a whole crop of comics who are like, oh, I go, I go to, I go to therapy. I'm a vegan. I'm like, yeah, like trying yeah. to take care I of myself. My therapist. I get amazing material from her too. It's oh, fun. really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, she's funny. Oh, cool. Cool. You know, just a lot of, we have a lot of funny banter. 
I I think there is potential with that with my current therapist, but I don't know if we're there yet. I'm very good at making my therapist laugh um, to the point where they're like, I understand that this is your craft and like laughter is a way of coping. But I wonder um, if you did laugh while you were sharing your trauma, like maybe we could dig deeper. Yeah, my, yeah, my therapist, I just, you know, I'm real good at telling a story, like weaving a tale and she'll just like be so into it. Right. And then she'll just be like, girl, we ran 10 minutes over. And I'm just like, girl, I know you just let me talk for like 40 minutes. Like we didn't. Right. And I get some feedback. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I already know what I'm saying. I've run through this before. Like what, you know, where, where are my notes? Right. And she's just yeah. enthralled. Yeah, and she's just like, wow, that is goodness. We're going to have to catch up on that next week. And I'm like, bitch, this is not a soap opera. <laughs> uh, you know, she's entertained. I love it. That's good. That's good. Well, do you watch Couples Therapy? I, I of course, yeah, I did watch Couples Therapy. Love that show. That's the only uh, reality TV I ever watch. I don't, I don't do anything else. And I know that it may be blasphemy in the face of the host of the podcast TV, I say, but that's- I mean, just... a little bit. I mean, my, obviously there's my specialty 90 Day Fiance. That is right. my, right. Uh, you know, my, my life's work, some would say. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, I love couples therapy. It's, it's very raw and sometimes I think hard to watch. But that's what uh, I love because it is real. None of it is scripted. Yeah, it's like very intimate and uncomfortable. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, I like it. But I also, there were times where I just like wonder why they chose like the couples they chose. Right. And you wonder a lot about like what you're not seeing because especially in the second season with the quarantine, there are like some weird jumps in the timeline. Right. Uh, and then you start to question like, you know, well, no, why, why, why do I feel like I, I deserve to like know these personal details of these people's lives just because right. they shared this like one portion with me. Right. Uh, and then okay. you kind of, I, I like that they reflect that that's also how the therapist feels where the therapist has to like talk to her therapist to be like, I have to learn to like, let these people go sometimes and like live their lives. Right. Uh, so I, I just think it's really well done. Yeah, absolutely. And why did Mikhail not kill her husband? <laughs> Uh, well, see, I was the other way where I was like, kudos to him for not mm-hmm. losing his mind. He sure. loves that woman. He loves, so I think he much. also loves a little bit treat, being treated like that. I I just think he knows how to just tune it out. Right. It's like she hits a certain pitch and he's like, that frequency doesn't register. Because yeah. I did not understand how he could put up with it. Like right. he just seemed like he was a perfectly fine guy, and then she'd just be like, and his blah blah blah, and the blah blah blah, and she and he just would, yeah, yeah, okay, this is how she feels. There was literally a moment where she's like, sometimes I just see Michael not doing anything, and I'm like, I want to strangle him, strangle him, yeah. <laughs> literally like I could manslaughter him and get away with it. I've plotted out his murder, and he's just like, oh, she, you know, she has a right to do that, and it's like, okay. <laughs> And it was almost shocking. I think in their final session, she they had a part where she was like, he, Michael's like my favorite person to hang out with. And you're like, really? Yeah. Like, really, though? Mm-hmm. You like him if you say so, girl. Yeah. I But I do love that it's like truly real. And I love that no matter how uncomfortable it gets, because like that, I mean, that's the real nitty gritty of it. 
Um, but yes, that's that's the only reality TV I'm watching, and I'm so sorry that I'm missing out on uh, a I mean, great. You know, that's a good one. Obviously, I I tell everyone Ninety Day Fiance, but no, right. that's 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 a good one. Right, right. Do you? What are your feelings on? Um, oh, what was that scripted show about? Like producing, like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Um, oh, Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I fucking love that show. Yeah. I, I mean, it got really bad in the end, but I loved it when it was yeah. good. Yeah, I hear that it's not too far from real life. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I don't know a lot of, like, I know, like, some casting directors and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't know, like, any, like, hardcore producers. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I thought the first season of that show was genius. I think it's one of the first shows to really dig into the, like, uh, female anti-hero right. and just, like, hardcore female villain. So, much respect. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I think this might be a semi-decent way to segue into our next news story, which is the brilliant show Hacks, just starting to wrap up its first season on HBO Max, uh, just got announced today that it will be having a season two. Thank God. Season two for Hacks. It it deserves it 100%. Absolutely. I think in the pantheon of television and movies attempting to um, tell a story about stand-up, this is one of the best. Oh, one of the best. Yeah. Uh, One of the best. And it's not only that, like it's one of the best and it's fucking about the, the female experience in comedy. And it's so fucking good beyond that. It's just, it's everything. I don't know. There's like the opening to one of the episodes is just like, um, uh, Deborah Vance like doing her set just like over and over and it like overlays on top of each other right and like I don't know as a comedian just to see that like I was so moved I don't know a lot of people don't like see that aspect of our work they think right. like oh how do you get up there and like you're so spontaneous and it's like no it's it's just the doing it over and over and finding right. it just you know and you just saw the craft in the show and I loved it yeah absolutely and uh, even w- even in covering the female perspective of doing stand-up, it's like covering multiple generations and the dynamics in those generations interacting, which that had been like a thing that TV had been trying to tackle for a while with Mulaney, the comedians. Yeah. A third one that I'm forgetting, but like it was done so poorly or like man- it felt like so manufactured and this feels like very real and genuine and yeah it it does it's like the real tension of like not quite respecting each other and but but trying to find that bridge and communicate and just Mm -hmm. it's so good it's an incredible show i can't wait for season two yeah me too me too i will say as of the last episode that is the best use of the haha cafe nothing better has been done in the ha cafe ever in the club's history um truly do yeah. not understand why it survived and ucb didn't but whatever hey the people know what they want okay <laughs> it's always those kind of clubs i love it <laughs> yeah the one that charged pre-pandemic guys five dollars to do an open mic for five minutes on their patio yep yep that was that was what they were doing they were those, they did those, open... are, the, those are the places that survived because they got that five dollars in the back pocket <laughs> so many comedians five dollars 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I. Uh, w- do you have any ideas what they, they what they might do in season two, or maybe what you would want to see in season two? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I obviously love Deborah Vance and her character. Right. Um, and I think they're like clearly trying to push her into a new place. Right. Uh, so I feel like I don't know. She like makes this new material, and she has to like go on the road. She has to go on tour. Right. Uh, and that is like a very different experience maybe for her from like the last time she went on tour and right. uh, Ava has to decide like if she wants to go with her or something because I, you know, she has different opportunities, something like that. Maybe, I don't know. It's, I feel right. like there's so much stuff they could do. Right. Uh, and also who knows the finale is this week, who even knows how it's going to end. Who knows how it's going to end. Yeah. I think something along those lines, um, maybe Deborah, um gets like a, a, an offer to write a memoir um but it has to include like what is going on with her sister which she doesn't want to talk about yeah and then maybe Ava gets like a chance to do like her like maybe like a, a version of like an Ava version of the Eric Andre show on whatever their version of Adult Swim would be on in the universe of the show and she has to like choose or balance or something I, I feel like ava does something more mundane where she has to choose between like something like keeping like continuing to work for deborah and like doing this thing she cares about mm-hmm. or like she has to go like work for some like sketch show that she barely respects and doesn't even think is funny but she's like, like the head writer yeah like she's like, yeah like she's story run uh story editor or like you know she's like just like the stability of it and being paid more right uh she's like well and it's tv so i like you know can be back in la i feel like for her it's not even about necessarily the title it's just like knowing her reputation would be better right right um because like she's this character who's supposed to be like kind of shallow and who you know we see when we see her interact with like other comedians from her past they're all like all you ever did was try to like use us (laughs) yeah like will she realize like in this moment she could grow and like take a chance with deborah and probably like get more from it in the long run right uh but you know who knows who knows well new episodes of hacks uh come out on thursdays on hbo max Uh, if you haven't binged uh all of it already uh, i highly recommend it um i will say adam ray is perfectly cast as a creep comedian i really loved that choice because that it's just a perfect look um final news story um i think you should leave uh the sketch show on netflix from tim robinson and zach kanan is coming back for its second season on july 6th i'm very excited about that yeah um yeah that was that was the best news of the day probably yeah i think like you know it, it is it is like a uh, kind of a desert out there with sketch comedy these days and has been for a minute. I mean, you know, Key and Peel did a great, great job and inside Amy Schumer, there was a lot of really great sketches to be had from that. Um, and mostly I think from the mind of Jesse Klein um, yeah. or the more so than Amy. Um, and then I think you should leave, just hit this sort of perfect absurdist nerve um, that I it just like I I can't remember the last time other than like Key and Peel that a sketch was like so quotable. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's it's just one of my favorites. 
uh, I can rewatch it a million times and still laugh or catch something new. Yeah. And I feel like they're just going to do the best stuff in season two. Like everyone is excited about it. Right. And I, I can't, I've been thinking about this for a while now. I can't think of another sketch show where it's like, I think very intentionally and very cleverly, all the sketches are sort of premised around the title where it's like, okay, there's an insufferable character that needs to leave and they won't yeah. leave. It's yeah, it's just, and, and that's what like, ten, that's what Robinson just like specializes in. He's so good at just creating that tension and awkwardness of like, how long will this person just put up with this situation? And <laughs> yeah. that's like what most of the comedy is, is just being like, come on, you don't just give up, please stop. And it, and he just keeps going and it's, he's, it's genius. It's, that's yeah. what I love. Um, which ones do you rewatch the most? Oh my gosh. Probably like a hot dog suit car crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You have no good car ideas. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the skeletons and and they use the bones for money. <laughs> All right. Uh, the the um the baby competition. Right. Oh, that was so ridiculous and I like. I love that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't partake in um, you know. Uh, you know, alternative states of mind through drugs. Um, even though it sounded like I just did. Uh, but I felt like I was on acid when I was watching that baby competition. Yeah, that sketch is so funny. And just like the one baby who they're just like, oh, shut the fuck up, Harley. Like, God damn it. Oh, this baby's the fucking worst. It's just that kind of humor is always going to get me. Right. I, I think one of my favorites is the nachos. The not just oh game. yeah and the not just no no i didn't that one is so good just what what what, what? no i i might i might rewatch after this episode i mean yeah. uh, it's, it's really really that good uh so whether you watch it or not go binge watch i think you should leave on netflix and then uh, just to prep yourself for season two on july 6th so that's it for comedy news and on to you, Ashley. Um, so walk me through your quarantine journey and comedy. You know, you have TV, I say you were doing some Zoom comedy. Um, you're staying yeah. safe. Uh, people uh, are people are requesting you to like roast this episode not even a show this episode of this show yeah they'll ask me like watch a show uh i mean i i've been doing comedy and writing for like 6 years now and during quarantine didn't really know how to like pivot like i i'm not like a a video person i don't know how to like you know <laughs> Like, I, like, I don't know how to like do that whole thing, like with TikTok and right, right. Uh, I, I'm good at like being funny on Twitter, but like, I feel like that only shows a little bit of like what uh, I do. Like, I feel like someone like me, a lot of times people, especially on Twitter, people would be like, oh, she writes, she's a writer and she talks about TV. So she's like a critic. So mm -hmm. she's like a journalist. So like, we got to take her seriously. And it would be like, no, I'm funny. Right. Like I'm a comedian and like, yeah, I, I can talk about TV and pop culture, but I'm also funny. Right. Uh, so like, just understand, like I joke around a lot. And so uh, 
you know, in quarantine, I felt like with everyone so online and like in the house that just like started to break people's brains. Right. <laughs> and it just, reached, it was just like reaching this point where I was like, I need a better way to like communicate what I do and what I want to say to people. Right. Uh, and like what I'm interested in. And that was, you know, really talking about comedy and just like really talking about different things that I experience as like a black queer woman in the world and like how I see myself in different shows that I watch and uh, just, you know, my own life and the things I'm writing about. Uh, So I started a newsletter first. Uh, TV, I say, was a newsletter. Right. On Substack Uh, or just like through? Yeah, on Substack, uh, which you can still subscribe to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would just like write, you know, either about like just silly takes on things like Bridgerton or whatever. I was just like binging. Uh, Like, you know, in my depression spirals, I would also like talk about like, you know, how TV was helping me do whatever I was like trying to get through. Um, And then I started to realize like, oh, maybe I should like do a podcast. Like people seem to be pretty into it. Mm -hmm. And I like wanted to have more conversations. Uh, So that was like my big thing I started in quarantine was like the newsletter and the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And from there, like so many people from shows that I loved would just be like, oh, I'd love to talk to you about TV. Like, I love your opinions. I love your like writing on TV or this interview you did with this person. And I'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, so I just got to talk to people I really like admired about like the thing I love the most, uh, TV, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, so that was, that was like my big kind of, project I got to work on and I just like you know I guess without quarantine I probably wouldn't have been in a position where I would have cared about starting a podcast because I never saw that for myself sure uh, but then I was just like in my room all the time with a microphone so right. why not? yeah th- this is what is left for us to do uh exactly. for sure yeah yeah um and how is the like how is the dynamic between doing the newsletter and the podcast like do they strengthen each other um you know and what's the evolution of that been over the last year and a half yeah uh i mean they they kind of like uh i mean if you support the pod you uh get a free subscription like you can get transcripts to the episodes mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times i'll have like extra content from the interviews like just for substack subscribers or like the patreon supporters Right. Uh, so, you know, or you can like ask me to review a TV show, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, which people cool. like to do. So those are like the extra perks. You basically just get like extra reviews and like right. extra TV opinions. How much um, do people have to pay for like a la carte reviews? Uh, just like $10, but oh, it depends on how much you want me to watch. Okay. Like, obviously, if you're like, watch all of The Sopranos, I'd be like, we're going to have to negotiate something. Sure. Yeah, no, that's that's a lot. That's yeah, that'd lot. be a lot of TV to watch. So yeah, my my roommate watched all the Sopranos and all of the West Wing, but like she, the Sopranos, she took a big break after um the rape episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never watched the Sopranos. Every time I try, I start laughing at the part in the pilot when uh, Tony tells the Jamaican nurse not to smoke weed, mm-hmm. and I just think it's so funny that I can't keep watching. <laughs> like, it could possibly be better than that moment what 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 more could i need from this show personally right. like to me <laughs> that's all the sopranos is and i think it's great right what's the most um i guess out there requests you've gotten to like uh, oh like review this uh, 
I don't know. I uh, I studied uh, German in college. Okay. And uh, there there were a lot of people who who will ask me to like review German shows. Sure. And they'll just be like, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah you know, I watched it with subtitles, but." For sure. It was like a scary German show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They sound very German. That's scary. Yeah. You know, so I'm just like, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was a show in German. Yeah. Right. I, um, I was wondering, like, do people like, does anyone request that you like rip apart an episode of Paw Patrol? Uh, no, no one's ever been like, you know, anything that that's like something an adult, like, you know, anything silly, I guess. Right. Like no one tried to make me watch something that like I would actively be like, this is horrible. Right. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like I've been pretty lucky. Right. Right. I mean, how is that um, for you as a workload? And then also, I think it's interesting. So you have like sub steps subscribers and Patreon subscribers and they have like different rewards, right? Like kind of, it's mostly that a uh, Substack has a word limit. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you subscribe to the Substack, you get like free access to the Patreon. If you get the other, you get the other one. Right. Uh, but like Substack has like a word limit. So when I want to do full transcripts for people, because mm -hmm. uh, some people are like, well, actually, I don't really like listening to podcasts. I just like want to read your interview with this person. Right. Uh, so then I'll put that on Patreon just because they don't have a word limit. So I can like put a, an entire interview transcript. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. I, who are those people? I mean, I mean, I, there, there's a lot of them out there. There's yeah, a lot if of that's people. how you do, but it's just like part of the allure of podcasts is that I get to do so many other things while I'm listening. See, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, I know I have a podcast, but I am really not a big podcast listener. Sure. Uh, the only ones I listen to are like about murder mysteries or right. like scam conspiracies. Right. Uh, and then I only listen to them when I'm driving. Wait, so it just so, my favorite murder and scam goddess? Is that what's it? Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, um, oh, oh, what's that one? Uh, American Greed, was that it? Hey, I think it was it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, like, but, you know, all that stuff. I uh, was a big... Android Scandal, that one was good. I was a big podcast listener before lockdown. And then I got into a groove where I just wanted to listen to really sad music. And that has been my jam even up till now. <laughs> I know how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how uh, I've been getting I'm a, it. I'm a TV person. And also it's like very, you can't like, uh, you can't listen to a podcast and watch TV at the same time, but you can like read and watch TV at the same time. Really? Oh, do you do uh, like, well, how does that work out? I mean, like you're, you're missing, you're missing stuff, right? Well, it's like, if I'm watching something I've seen a million times, I don't really care if I miss something. Yeah. Yeah, but all right, so you wouldn't read something if you're watching it for the first time. No, well, it depends. Like if I if I'm right, if I'm watching something for like a review or like a professional recap, it has my full attention. Right. But if I'm watching like a new episode of like I don't know, um Grey's Anatomy. Like I, like 90 day uh bears all you know mm -hmm. or something like a spin-off of a spin-off that sure. or like pillow talk where i'm watching someone watch an episode of a show i already watched right it doesn't need my full attention no you know, I, I can read some articles while that's going on i get that i get that uh i only ask because like often my roommate will uh watch tiktok while watching tv or movies that's crazy yeah um that's really just a crazy thing to do yeah, and it's like, okay, I you're rewatching Orphan Black, uh, sure, but I guess if not. you're rewatching, then okay. 
Yeah. Only if you're rewatching. This is this was the really upsetting thing. The what the first actually the one and only drive-in movie we both went to was for Promising Young Woman, which we were both very excited to see, and like, hello, we paid to see it, and like, so we parked, we're watching it, and like 20 minutes in, and it is a very engaging movie, you know things yeah. happen like it's like whether you liked it or not like it's it moves it's energetic um she was on her phone playing a game that's insane that was very upsetting well, to me yeah i can't imagine like paying to see a movie and then being on my phone during it at all no especially I... like at a time where movies are such a precious commodity like going to a like see it in person somehow yeah that's just crazy right that's why like when i pay to go see a movie in a theater i actually just turn my phone all the way off wow okay mr mr cinema Uh, (laughs) i just put mine on silent yep Uh, because i mean if a movie sucks then it's like okay (laughs) like come on (laughs) i i you know I've been hard. I don't think I've ever watched walked out of like a movie that I paid to see. Oh, I've never walked out of a movie. But like, if I'm like, I'm not enjoying this, you know. Right. I've been like, I'm just gonna, you know, maybe just look at my phone. Even then, I just wonder like how bad it gets. I was just talking about this with friends just earlier. Um, the week of the 2016 election, like after it happened, I went to the movies every day because I wanted to be in a room with people, but everyone had to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like what I wanted to do. And I, uh, ended up seeing the terrible movie collateral beauty or Will Smith. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. It's, It's another one of Will Smith's sad phase movies. Um, like his son killed himself or like died and like he's just real sad as an ad executive and so he starts writing letters to love and time and something else and then those things get personified by like Helen Mirren and Kira Knightley and um, it's real bad it's real real bad yeah that sounds awful yeah but like everything else in the real world was way worse so I was like sure sure yeah whatever I enjoyed La La Land at that time. Like, yes, Moonlight is way better. I'm not arguing that, but like, it wasn't the real world. So good, good job. Uh, I, I'm i going to be real. I never saw uh, La La Land. I mean, it'd be interesting to watch it now, now that a lot of like what came of that time is um, not cur- like, it's not what it was. So, because like, I think so many people especially when it got called versus Moonlight and then there was that whole dust up at the Oscars that, you know, they're like, oh, look, it's just all white people dancing to jazz and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I get that. But I I mean, it is a fun movie. It's like Emma Stone's really having a year, you know? Yeah. I bet people would, I bet people would like kind of enjoy it the second time around. I I mean, I don't know. I... I feel like people are coming at her really hard over Cruella. Really? Yeah, people are like, it's a girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight movie, you know? Nobody mm-hmm. likes that, I no. guess. I don't, I, I don't have Disney Plus premiere, so I haven't seen it. I have no idea. Honestly, it just, you know, I think like, I, I liked her in Easy A, and that's sure. kind of all she's ever done for me. Right, right, right. Um, so, 
Yeah, I'm trying. Um, uh, I didn't get around to seeing Easy A, but I know that that was a big breakout role for her. Um, wait, she was in Super Bad, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that was the that was the first one. Amazing and super bad. She was great in that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Recently, for whatever reason, the internet decided to honor McLovin's birthday like a week ago. You never know what Twitter's gonna do. You really, you really, really don't. You truly, truly don't. I look at like what's trending every day to see if there's some stupid holiday to make fun of. And uh yeah, you really don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, no. Happen. Twitter will just decide, like, oh remember like 18 years ago today so and so did this and you're just like okay yeah you remember right or you remember like boy meets world you remember topanga okay so like the guy she married like he um found it like shrimp in his like cereal cereal and then apparently he's problematic and like he got canceled. He was he was problematic to ladies and a horrible mm-hmm. person to work with and a gaslighter. Right. And right. Did, what did Topanga know? That's what, what I want to know. Yeah, what did Topanga know? Um, odds are he probably probably still owns Gallery 1988, his pop culture art gallery, and he's doing just fine. Probably. Yeah, probably. And probably. I mean, you know, I still think probably there was something fucked up with a cereal. Oh yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. But the, hey, that's, I mean, Twitter still, never know now. The, you never, never really know. Um, so as far as, all right, so you had the podcast, you had your newsletter um, and that got you a following. Now, like, did that help you along in virtual comedy? Did it like make you encouraged to like be part of that when that was happening? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I pivoted pretty quickly to virtual comedy, like. Uh, a lot of the shows I'd already been booked for that like had gotten canceled. They were right. like, Hey, so we're just going to like do this online now. Are you still interested? Right. Uh, like a lot of people were doing online shows uh, for bail funds and stuff like that. And I was like, happy to hop on those. Right. Uh, so I was like already pretty happy to like do stand up online, but right. it, it's just such a different feeling like doing it in your room. Sure. <laughs> like, I don't and know, you have a nicely like, curated room, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I would like do these shows where I would be like, okay, do my 10 minutes and then just like, okay, you mute and you like just sit there and you're like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And I'd have this time where I was just watching so much TV and I just wanted to like write about it and talk about it and just like keep talking to people. I also think the podcast mostly was like, oh, I have an excuse to like talk to people every week in quarantine. <laughs> yes. Um, I like, I, you know, I was, I was so isolated. Right. right. Uh, so that was great. Um, but yeah, I, I was doing, uh, online shows pretty much like, I don't know, a few times a month, I feel like. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I was feeling like, I, I felt like I stayed sharp. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> <coughs> like, um, uh, I did a lot of, um, I got to like try new stuff at like some experimental shows, but I would you know, I got like some solid sets where I got to just like do 10 minutes and see how it felt to do like old jokes. Hell yeah. Um, in a different format. So I don't know, you know, but I also, I took some time off. Like, uh, it was also good to just be like, I'm going to take some time and reset. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for the comics who are just like, fuck zoom shows, fuck all of it. I'm just like going to wait. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of people that did that. And I, I try, I reminded, there are a lot of people that like, there are a lot of comedians doing that. Don't worry about like 
the people risking their own health to like get stage time right now like comedy will be there when you want to get back yeah it's not going anywhere it'll always be there it's like there's no rush to to get back it's it's this machine that never ends and uh you know if you're funny you're gonna be funny that's what it seems like it's just like everybody's getting back out there like feeling Mm -hmm. it and the people who are funny are still gonna be funny yeah and uh, And i love it yeah and there were people who i remember seeing before lockdown and i just saw them at like shows i've been going to recently like hey how about that they actually got funnier how about that yeah i think uh quarantine has like been a way for us all to grow in some great ways yeah and uh, i'm excited i uh hit up new york on the 15th of the month for a bunch of shows right uh to support my hbo special which will be out june 15th on hbo max hell yeah (laughs) do you got a title for that by the way uh i think it's just like human by orientation presents ashley ray uh because human by or because that's hbo but gay it's like (laughs) Um, do you think that's a better title hbo but gay (laughs) i actually do i pitched that to them i said hbo but gay by presents ashley ray and they were like uh no that's not we like it because but no but i was like come on it's great it rhymes they said no uh here we are now um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah and then i'll be doing like a bunch of shows in new york uh that week to to just support it and mm-hmm. just like get back out and like you know it seems like this little bit of the world has opened up again so we're all just kind of like mm-hmm. eager to tell jokes in front of people again oh it's yeah it's been great i don't know crowds are so nice right now too so right they I, they they are i mean they're excited to be out too and like i remember after the first couple of shows I caught, I had this thought of like, and I know it's cheesy, but I really genuinely thought to myself, man, it is truly great to laugh again. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I did a outdoor show uh, in LA. Um, it was like this big uh, parking lot rooftop. Right. And I got that feeling. I was just like, oh, it feels good being out in front of people, being right. in LA. Like, oh, here we are. We, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... You know, I, I think I think comedy wise, creatively, there will be some really great things people are working through right. uh, in comedy right now. Yeah, um, I certainly hope so. I mean, there there was so much time to figure a lot of stuff out or do a lot of experiment, try things. And in fact, since we're at a time where there's still virtual comedy, like a lot of it, and then there's in-person stuff happening, I wonder if this will happen um, with a lot of folks where they'll like switch between like in the same evening. Because I remember Christina Catherine Martinez um, does both clowning and stand-up. And uh, there was a time at which those clown folk from the Lyric Hyperion they're so great. They're so funny. Um, we're doing an outdoor clown show in Alhambra Park in Alhambra. And uh, Christina did the show. And then like in the middle of the show, just took her ring light and her phone and just like stood 200 feet away and did a Zoom show. And then like came back to rejoin the live show. Yeah, I feel like if people can do that, we'll keep doing that because comedians love attention. Right. Uh, I was on a Zoom show with uh, Jamie Loftus and she did it from uh, Disney World. 
Hell yeah. Like that's fucking great. Comedians should be able to do comedy wherever they are. Yeah. That'd be that's and especially Jamie being at Disneyland. Oh. Oh yeah. That's yeah. that's probably the dream place to see her. Did she have her sword? She bought a sword in quarantine. Uh, I she didn't have a sword in Disneyland. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know they wouldn't allow that. But yeah, uh, they wouldn't allow it, but she I mean she was very jazzed. <laughs> is what I would say. Yeah people like jamie sometimes that's where like she has such a zest for the things that she loves that i i feel like i don't even have access to that i've like i've gone i've like watched so many things and like i have like such a arguably pretentious taste that i i just want to like espouse love at that level for something you know yeah yeah uh i love it i wish yeah um so you have this how long is that special 30 an hour uh it's 15 they're like these 15 minute specials i think actually we we did uh yeah i did 15 Mm -hmm. who knows if they cut it up to 30. okay Uh, but yeah we did uh 15 minute sets uh me and meg stalter and three other comics who i think are going to be like revealed through the moment. oh cool yeah because they weren't named on that press release that uh i found yeah i think uh i i think it's like a surprise like kind of rollout deal so cool 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 uh, i think they're i i think they're like doing that because it's like i think two comedians a week throughout the month or something like that i'm not exactly sure but uh mm-hmm. i just it's it's a really impressive lineup of comics to be included with Right. I would know who they are, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I don't want. They're like very amazing, hilarious LA comics. I'm not. I'm not sure if I can. If I'm allowed to say them because I think they're going to be announced. But uh. Yeah. It's. I. I won't press. But yeah. If they're definitely from LA, I know who they are. Uh... Yeah. They're. They're incredible. Uh. And I just think it's really cool that HBO has really like dedicated itself to stand up. Uh, and I think it's just like giving um, young comics the opportunity to like, right? you know, kind of take over what uh, Comedy Central stopped doing in terms of just like giving people a chance to 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 get their their 15 minute. They're like, you know, right. Same with Netflix. There was there was a time in Netflix where they were very vested in like making people stand up careers who were great as comedians um weren't the typical fair and um like giving them this beautifully taped hour special and just like really plugging on their platform specifically jen kirkman ali wong tom segura like those were there was uh, their first handful of our original specials on netflix and like they are big because of it um yeah. like yeah, and then um, that was when Lisa Nishimura uh, was in charge of doing that, and she is no longer in charge. She went on to do bigger things. And Robbie Pry, I believe, is in charge of uh, stand-up at Netflix, and that's when they started introducing those 15-minute specials and yeah, like, and then giving like 30-minute specials to people who would get an hour elsewhere, which I always felt weird about. Yeah, I mean, you know... Yeah, to me, it's always like, I, I mean, sure, an hour can be 50 minutes. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, usually I mean, an hour, I'm like, there was, there's probably 10 minutes I could have shaved out of that. Sure. 
What do you think? I, I, I remember before HBO Max launched that the comedy specials that were specifically branded as HBO comedy specials weren't your typical stand-up specials. You know, it was Gary Goldman doing stand-up but then talking about depression or um, Whitmer Thomas doing almost like a docudrama in addition to his musical comedy special um or little rel like doing this thing in south central at like a gymnasium with the sun setting and now with hbo max like their first specials were just like through team coco through conan and they were just like back to like oh this is just stand-up it's like really good stand-up with like best selling and whatever um you have any theories about why that happened uh i don't know i mean like all of these networks i feel like they don't all entirely know sort of their comedy strategy they're all just like pivoting Mm -hmm. um but i think hbo has definitely decided to take a chance on like a lot of original scripted comedy and so i think they just uh for for stand-up maybe are are just kind of trying to to go more old school since they're taking on a lot of like weird shows you know i think hbo just wants to define itself as like home to a lot of different kinds of comedy yeah, um, yeah. And they're also home to like a lot of to um Sarah Squirm's Fly Away and mm-hmm. a bunch of like a weird adult swim stuff. Right. So I think they're just like, you know, whatever. If they're they're just like I don't know, so just like down to support such different stuff. I feel like right. Oh lordy, lordy, lordy! What would happen if Sarah Squirm got her own show? That'd probably be the best thing in the world, and I don't know why say why Adult Swim hasn't done it yet. I think we yeah. all are just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, I mean the idea that um, Jenna Friedman didn't get uh, more of Soft Focus and then went on to get nominated for an Oscar. I mean, shows that they um, they fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucked up. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, what are you? Uh, is there something you're looking forward to in the future, or you would hope that happens in regards to live comedy, uh, stand up, or anything else you're doing? Ah, uh, I mean, I'm just really excited to get back out and like tour. I've I've always just uh, liked getting out in front of people and doing my jokes, and now I have this like weird like thirty minutes of of new stuff and quarantine shit and like. Just mm-hmm. fun, different stuff I'm doing that I can't wait to see, like how different crowds react to it and how different people all over the country. Right. Uh, that's like my favorite thing to do is to just be everywhere and like meet comedians from other places. And right. Uh, so I'm excited that like that aspect's kind of back to to comedy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to to hit up New York and DC, and uh, I'll be in Texas in July. Uh, and I'm excited. Right. Will it be safe to be in Texas by in, in July? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it never was and never will be, but at this point, it's like one of those things where it's like I'm vaccinated and being tested. So, like, if other people want to lie, like, what what can I do to them yeah. for them? Like, yeah. that's yeah. that's on them. I would I would urge caution because it does seem like they are going to be a Second Amendment uh, sanctuary state. I I feel if they weren't already, that yeah. I feel like everyone there already has a gun. I'm a fifth generation Texan, so. Right. Right. You know, I, they, they don't scare me. <laughs> right. Oh, where'd you grow up in Texas? Uh, I was born in Dallas. Oh, well, that's fun. I lived for three years in Lubbock. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know Lubbock. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I have, t- I have family all over, but most me, mostly my like immediate family is like DeSoto, like, like Lancaster, right. uh, all North Dallas. So. 
cool. So much more going on there than Lubbock, which, you know, I very, I feel very symbolically, um, literally and figuratively has a uh, circle as a freeway. Yeah. Yeah. Loop 289 just keeps going around and around and around. For those who don't know, that is the, like, if you watch Friday Night Lights, the movie or the show, um, that is kind of where it's based off of. And all that shit's true. It's all true. It's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know. It, I always, uh, it's always a fun time to go back to Texas. I like doing shows in Dallas and uh, Austin, San Antonio. It's a good right. time. I like going down to Houston. Right. So. Right. I'm curious because you, you write so much about pop culture and TV and you have a podcast about it. Um, if you were given the chance to do something like David Spade does for Netflix, um, A, would you do it? And B, what would you do to obviously, of course, make it better? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have always, I would love that. I would, I've always like loved uh, Mo Rocca from like mm-hmm. Best Week Ever and I love the 90s series or whatever. Right. So I've always wanted to be like a media gadfly where I like tell jokes about TV and like what people are watching. Right. So I, I would love to do some kind of like best TV ever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, or like what you should have watched this week and it's like a fun you know recap or just like rehash of like pop culture with funny people um I don't know I just I feel like I guess like back when that was made like the people they would bring on were very interesting I feel like I could I just could like make it queer and like blacker and that would be dope cool cool what I do you have any specific ideas of what uh, would be more queer, or more black? Because also that's not a monolith. Sam J does her own thing. That isn't what you would do. I mean, yeah, but like I think bringing in like me and Sam J to like talk about our favorite black like TV series from the '90s is something I, I would do, and that's not something they would have done on the old series because they probably would have been like, we only have space for one black woman. Right. So. And, and I guess like in a weird shout out to Rick and Morty because Rick and Morty very briefly, I think in their second season or third season had an after show hosted by Sam J. Yeah. In a jumpsuit. She wore a jumpsuit. She did. Yeah. You know, I got to be in the audience for some of those and that was a real fun. Yeah. And uh, so I, I feel like that's making it blacker and queer is just allowing for like the entirety of that monolith to be, or not <laughs> the entirety of the, that non-monolith to be seen to allow all of our differences and just getting more diversity and opinion on shows like that. Right. Instead of just being like, we only have like one or two black people slots. Right. Uh, which is what a, a lot of times those talking head shows feel like is they'd like, they'd be like cut to the black person. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, we've had enough of Chris Hardwick's face cut to the black person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope that happens. And I hope you get to do it even more so, like more so with more freedom than like, you know, I mean, David Spade is sort of mandated to just like cover Netflix originals. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's stuck doing that. But um, so thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It's been a real hoot. So glad to see you. I mean, every, everything seems like it's coming up. Ashley Ray, like you got you got road dates. Um, yeah. You got a special coming out, man. 
yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting. Like I like the, I I just feel like everyone's doing so much cool stuff. There are just so many cool voices that are coming up and making cool shows and mm -hmm. people are listening. I just think it's an exciting time for comedy. Like how can, you know, don't, who can be sad? Who can be upset? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm like a lot of people are still here. I mean, yes, no, yeah, a lot, especially, yeah, okay. And comedians especially like can be so sad and so upset, but you know, <laughs> uh, just at least a lot of great things are going to make you laugh pretty soon. Oh, a lot of great things are going to make you laugh. For sure. And I hope people please keep talking about COVID in their comedy. Um, because there's a lot of great stuff to be had there that would be very healing. Um, yeah. still to this day, favorite COVID joke is from Lori Kilmartin, uh, whose mom passed away, unfortunately, from COVID. But she's like, Yeah, my mom died of COVID, but because she voted for Trump, they counted it as a suicide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, killed on Zoom and killed in front of cars. So that works. That's how you know. That's how you know. Um, is there anything else you would like to plug? Where can people find you online? Where can they listen uh, to TV I Say? Yeah, uh, check out the podcast TV I Say. Uh, if you didn't watch season one, you got some great episodes to catch up on. We've had Roxanne Gay, Seth Rogen, Harvey Yen, amazing people on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts you know, all your podcast spots. Uh, season two will be debuting next month. Uh, some very exciting guests coming up for that too. Uh, and you can follow me you know, on Twitter at the Ashley Ray with two E's or Instagram at the Ashley Ray. Uh, and yeah, watch my special on HBO Max, uh, June 15th. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, I guess all of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> What was the HBO acronym again? Uh, like uh, human uh, by orientation. Human by orient. Wow, what a what a meeting that must have been. Where they're just pitching that. They wrote HBO on a board and they were like, "H, what do we got?" And they yeah. were like, "These are human." Nailed it. <laughs> a lot of high fives in that room. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I do feel a little human by orientation, if you ask me. Sure, sure. But human uh, HBO by gay uh, presents Ashley Ray is still better. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So if you just want to go ahead and think that that's the title, go right ahead. <laughs> um, I'm Jake Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau across socials. You can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket because uh, I do not want to be officially as, uh, affiliated with the Kroger uh, grocery store empire. Um, my last name isn't even spelled that way, but I definitely would not um, like not pay my frontline grocery store workers because it costs too much money. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. Uh, there are a lot of great uh, causes to support at this time, and I ask that you support those. Um, Actually, you mentioned bail funds. Bail funds, that's, that's still a great thing to support. Um, uh, but if you have money or generosity at the end of this, uh, please support me because I've been doing the Comedy Bureau all by my lonesome for over 10 years. And uh, there will be places to do that in the show notes. Uh, do you have anything to say as we sign off, Ashley? Uh, I, I think we've covered it. I mean, to go to shows, support comedy. It's coming back. Just mm -hmm. watch all the good things coming out. Right. Absolutely. Um, as I, I guess I will now say, is uh, a, a, a transition from what I used to say at the end of every podcast, um, comedy 
is indeed happening. I used to say comedy is still happening um, because people didn't know. Uh, and as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.